0: You got to take this higher you got to
1: Who is it you think you hear do you know how much i make a year i mean even if i told you you wouldn't believe it you know what would happen if i suddenly decided to stop going to work website big enough that it can be listed on google search results goes belly up disappears it ceases to exist without me no clearly you don't know who you're talking to so let me clue you in i'm not in danger dear listener i am the danger a list opens his door and gets podcasted, and you think that of me? No! I am the one who podcasts! And I'm called Top Ten Thursday, and also Sean Levy by my friends. John Otten here.
2: the Westman. <laughs> Matt Carson. <Kirsten. laughs> Very nice. Did not expect that to happen. Mr. Sean Levy always keeping us on our toes. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bringing me to tears.
2: <laughs> so, so what are we talking about tonight, Sean? Well,
1: in honor of Breaking Bad's uh, recent and final return to the airwaves, we're going to be talking about performances uh, by actors that uh, went against their type. I think good performances, not just noteworthy. Uh, focusing on film, I guess. Does that
3: That's sound right? Sh- yeah. Surely there's some TV ones, but... I don't know. It was hard to think of, I guess. You don't have any shout-outs for, you know, Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace? TV or women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Ooh, I got one. What about uh, John Lithgow on Dexter? Yeah, that's pretty good. What
1: that's what Lith- he's really like.
2: <laughs> about John Lithgow on, uh, on Third Rock from the Sun, also? How about John Lithgow in anything? Like, Pretty much.
3: How about him in World According to Gart where he played like a, a woman?
2: <laughs> I didn't like realize
3: a- he was a chameleon.
2: <laughs> where he's like a badass action movie villain in Cliffhanger.
0: So basically we're discovering that John Lithgow is the greatest actor of our generation.
3: I think. Our, <laughs> an, an old man with Alzheimer's and uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. God, he's got a lot of range.
2: And Orange County. Ah, Charlie's Theron uh, the the monster, <laughs> right? It's the monster. I mean, yeah her her makeup looked like it was against type. I didn't see the movie. That's,
3: That's a good one, though. Women have played like crazy roles, surprisingly. Yeah, I feel like for women, it definitely includes like messing up your face and like wearing makeup. Well, ugly and shit. And then you get your Oscar, you know, like Nicole Kidman in The Hours or whatever. Uh, but yeah,
1: Oscar, that's probably pretty good. Maybe so. Angela Lansbury in The Maturing Candidates?
2: I guess. I don't really know what she had done at that point. That's, that's the earliest Angela Lansbury role I know. Ugh. Sorry, Otherwise, ladies. I just know that murder show that she did in the 80s. Ooh. Murder. Show. Murder. She she wrote? Wrote? Yeah, that's the one. Oh. I, w- I watched an episode of it once when I was <laughs> in daycare. <laughs> 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 just a weird show for a 10 year old to be watching. Because <laughs> I assume it's only like people over 60 that watched that show. Uh, that was a nice window in a world that I had no idea about. <laughs> anyway, changed you forever. Yeah, perhaps I, I never really thought about it until now. So let's get this thing started. Uh, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love is our first against type performance.
1: Yeah, maybe this one shouldn't be on the list because we have talked about. Adam Sandler's problems before, like uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was his first dramatic turn, wasn't it? Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah,
1: it's a pretty good one. It's a pretty good movie. It's pretty special. Uh, we, we watch as Adam Sandler turns his his usual, you know, boisterous, childlike performance into. Uh, a much more subdued character who who still has some, I guess, arrested development issues and still definitely uh, a weird person, and even in a weirder world like the one in Punch Dark Glove. But it's a lot darker and more interesting than so many of the comedies he chooses to make.
3: I like that you Pointed out the Arrested development Factor because You think of that Kind of like how he Acts in those Other movies Like his comedies And like how he's Treated Everyone's like Oh it's funny Oh he's just Joking around But then he's like Kind of psychotic in this It's like dude What the fuck's Wrong with that guy (laughs) Like it it, it makes it Seem like that Kind of behavior Is like Is really You know Depressing And like Messed up So It's an interesting Shift It does kind of Play to his Strengths in that Way (laughs) I don't know If you call Those strengths But Shows what Adam Sandler, like, as his, a little bit of his, like, one of his characters would be like in the real world. Like, really sad. Because <laughs> he definitely has, like, his episodes in this.
2: He's very good at playing pathetic, which is kind of strange. Because I feel like now in all his movies, he's, like, some cool guy that's got a really well paid job and he's got some hot wife. Was he like sells plungers (laughs) or something? Something like (laughs) that. No, totally.
1: But of course he's.
3: Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I was just gonna say, yeah, he's kind of crazy, but he's just so much more relatable than any other character he uh, you know plays. (laughs) He's like, suddenly you have a million (laughs) dollars. I'm gonna ride a tricycle around. I don't know. It's 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 just nice. To, I don't know to make him see more like on our level,
2: see that childish that he can't ride a two-wheeled bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> that was a really bad example. I had no idea. I feel like it's a pretty good example because it shows just how childish his characters are.
3: baby <laughs> And have we seen this this performance? has
2: Has he captured this in any other movies? you think? I mean there are well, definitely shades of it in funny people. And I would assume there's probably some of it also in "Love Rain Over Me," which I think it's
3: just I think it's just "Rain Over Me." Rain, Rain
2: over, over me. me, okay. Because about nine eleven. Yeah, he, he seemed pretty sad and kind of screwed up in that movie. Just playing video games with Iron
3: Man Two. Of course, there's also Spanglish. <laughs> Did you just
2: refer to Don Cheadle as Iron Man Two? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, he certainly wasn't Iron Man 1. I know, he was. <laughs> I don't know is. about you guys, but I noticed a difference. Uh-huh, yeah. Just I
3: don't know. See, there's a great against type performance when Terrence Howard <laughs> played Don Cheadle <laughs> in Iron Man 2.
2: He changed his face, oh. his personality, everything. I think his character made less sense. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic.
3: Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Has anyone seen Spanglish like ever? I've seen some of it. There you go. <laughs> I how took was a, it in class in college about
1: like multiculturalism or something. No, it was expressing culture through film, and Spanglish was an example of being like multicultural. And you know, I was talking about how great Adam Sandler was, and I watched some scene where he was like kind of quiet. And he seemed nice.
3: Yeah, that's the part that's that's so tough. Is that he's good at these kind of characters. He's he's a little more subdued, with some kind of anger under the surface. Yet he never he doesn't challenge himself when he has the potential to be good. Isn't that frustrating? Yeah,
2: I mean I don't think any of these movies have made money, which might be the, the 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 deciding factor in why why he doesn't do these movies anymore.
3: Yeah, I think Rain Over Me was actually a bomb, wasn't it? It was. And I mean, would you have done funny people if it wasn't like Judd Apatow and all these other funny people? I mean Maybe not. Probably not. I mean there's maybe there's a chance. Maybe he's still got a heart somewhere. <laughs> buried deep inside. It's like, like it's in like in a jar and it's buried under a big pool of money. <sighs> but uh, just have to
2: wait. Or the waiting game. We just cannot stop when we start talking about Adam Saylor. It just goes on. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Albert Brooks in Drive. Ah, so good. So menacing. It's not even remotely close to anything he's ever done. Yeah, it's like totally polar opposites of the Albert Brooks persona.
3: I mean, it makes me wonder how Nicholas Winding the the director, Like decided to go with Albert Brooks. What was he thinking? Did he just not understand how America worked or something? Or like... (laughs) Did he just really want to use him for something because he thought he was funny? It's weird. It's like if I was doing some sort of dark thriller I'm like, you know who would be good for the bad guy? Steve Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I mean, it's one of these things where it's like, how did they come to this choice? But then once you watch it, you're like, oh, well... I see why. <laughs> it's just amazing that it happened. Uh, I watched Drive just, uh, like, last week because I hadn't seen it since it was in theaters to just kind of get this fresh in my mind again. And, yeah, he's he's still the best the best part of that movie. I mean, he's so subdued and quiet and sometimes almost, like, personable. Like, he's hanging out and you think, you're like, oh, you could hang out with this guy. He's okay. But then, like, he has this violence within him that he like this is probably like stabs this guy in the eyes with forks and stuff like he's just as violent and crazy as you know Ryan Gosling like I just never would imagine Albert Brooks could be so violent and
2: terrifying and
3: it's just a lot of fun to watch
2: I don't know I I don't know if it it quite had that effect on me because I don't know if I got into Albert Brooks's movies until after I saw Drive but
3: he, was, uh, that, was that what triggered it? You know, maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
2: I've seen quite a few I can't wait to that. see him
3: like this in his other movies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> see how many people he kills in Lost in America. <laughs> He's just rutted people over, <laughs> left right. That round. movie's just
3: about him driving an RV and going around killing people.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's not even, like, that funny, though, <laughs> in Drive. No. Like, Not really. You think
3: you'd get an actor to you'd come in and you'd, they'd play to these, the strengths that everyone thinks they know. But then you, you forget that actors like to act and like to try different things. And he really just knocks it out of the park. Like I, I bet he got a, a real kick out of, oh, hey, this isn't something I usually do. I'm going to make the most of it. And he did, even though he was denied an Oscar nomination. But he took it in good humor, if I recall. Like on his Twitter, he's like, You hate me. You really hate me. You know, just like Sally Fields and, you know, her You Love Me thing. Uh, I don't love Sally Field. <laughs> well, America did when she won an Oscar.
2: I just wonder if... what's the movie that you saw, Sean? I remember you said, Yeah, I saw this one Sally Field movie, and that was when I realized that she's a bitch. What <laughs> 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 <It> movie was that? Like- <laughs> You know, I don't remember, but that sounds like me. I think it was a Paul Newman movie, like Absence of Malice or something. I don't even remember having seen Absence of Malice. (laughs) Okay. Um, I just remember that was your your critique of it. (laughs) It's the only thing I know about that movie. Was it like
3: a drama? (laughs) <laughs> I, like I said, I don't remember having said this. Okay. <laughs> okay. It certainly sounds like a comma, um, Absence of malice it doesn't sound like, like a comedy or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the the newspaper one? I guess I I
1: saw that in a in a in a class. <laughs> Newspapers are funny. So maybe. Oh yeah 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 I remember this is the one where she like. She, like, writes a, a story about Paul Newman, like, without his permission and ruins his life. And Wilford Brimley's there. And, and you're supposed to, like, root for Sally Field, but she just has, like, no ethics. And she knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Hmm. All okay. Yeah, I've seen this. Okay. She's a bitch, huh? Okay. <laughs>
0: that's, that's what you said.
1: Al uh, Brooks is good in the Drive movie. Uh, <laughs> I think we established that. The scene yeah. I remember the most is the scene with Bryan Cranston, the la- his last scene with Bryan Cranston. Because mm-hmm. I was just like, "Holy shit!" I didn't even know he was capable of doing something like what he does to that character.
2: No, why Finding Nemo's dead?
0: Why?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, he'll probably return to
3: that with Finding Dory. Right with but a darker edge It's less yeah. killing Brian Cranston <laughs> Unless it's a Brian Cranston fish It's like break its neck <laughs> I think that not that new Finding Nemo movie a prequel I Uh-oh.
2: would love I would love to see a fish Break another fish's neck <laughs> With their little flippers Do you even have a neck? Let's find out Yeah I don't know <laughs> I mean, They got bones there
1: Oh, Next right. on our list is Arnold Schwarzenegger's career-redefining turn in *Twins*,
0: perhaps
2: cinema-defining. So characters. let's take
0: account who has seen this, <clears throat> seen this
3: movie.
2: I have seen this movie. I have not.
3: I've seen a couple scenes, but not enough to form an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I have not, so I guess we're going. So with Sean, Sean, give us a little. <laughs> give us a little plot synopsis, just well, okay. I understand you guys having not seen it because,
1: like, Kindergarten Cop is the good funny Schwarzenegger movie, and Junior is like the just awful, just so so terrible. No, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. It's pretty. Okay. It's pretty funny in that it's it takes its subject seriously. Well, it's not
0: a comedy, so
2: <laughs>
0: what is it? Then? It's like a heartwarming uh, tragedy.
3: Oh yeah, no, because I remember when. Nancy, are watching Junior, and there's this whole scene where he goes to the women's retreat. He's dressed up like a woman, and there's, like, this montage of him, like, with the other pregnant women, and it's super, like, sentimental with, like, beautiful music. Mm-hmm. Nancy, you're just like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now. <laughs> Cause, like, is this supposed to be, like, funny because how ridiculous it is? Or am I supposed to, like, be feeling some, some sort of heartfelt thing here?
0: pretty sure I was feeling
3: some kind of heartfelt thing. <laughs> so that movie is so many layers. But what I really want to know about is Twins. All right. So Twins, 1988,
1: Ivan Reitman movie. Um, it all starts in a laboratory. Now, do you remember a few podcasts ago how we talked about the backstory to Judge Dredd? being they tried to make a uh, a a clone human being who had like all the good cop genes Mm -hmm. and then accidentally Armand Asante was created who had all the bad like criminal genes Mm -hmm. that is the plot of Twins except it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito Arnold Schwarzenegger got all the traits that make a good human being (laughs) and Dane DeVito got all the traits that make a bad human being. <laughs> Which is really, really insulting to Dane DeVito. <laughs> but he rolls with the punches, I guess. So, I mean, it opens up with, uh, you know, they talk I think I've about seen the this. first scene. Are they on an island? Yeah. Uh, Arnold gets to live on an island with the scientist who developed him while uh, Dane DeVito is placed into adoption. And, uh,. When Arnold Schwarzenegger turns 35, meaning that Danny DeVito is also 35, even though he looks like he's in his 40s easily.
0: Uh, well, he Remember, he's a, a genetically enhanced worst human being. <laughs> so True. he's going to age faster.
1: Uh, when Schwarzenegger turns 35, his his, his doctor, uh, who speaks with a German accent, so I guess that explains Schwarzenegger's accent, uh, reveals that he does have a brother somewhere out there. And so uh, Schwarzenegger leaves his island, and uh, it's kind of like a fish-out-of-water story for him because he's never been in society before, and like he's learned everything from books, though. So he has super strength, and he speaks a bunch of languages, and he knows everything all the time. He's basically Superman. <laughs> um, but he meets his twin brother, Danny DeVito, who... Uh, makes a living stealing cars from a parking garage, and <laughs> like the uh, like one garage. Yeah, like <laughs> he has like a hookup in the parking garage, <laughs> and um, Schwarzenegger finds him. How does that happen?
0: Okay, I don't think this. Is uh, it, it probably doesn't <laughs> matter. It probably
1: doesn't matter. They they meet up and and Danny feels like this fucking stupid. We're not twins,
2: obviously, because they they get it. They get that they don't look alike. Mm-hmm. Um, Could you just give me the gist of Schwarzenegger's performance? Because I don't want to go off one of these tangents where you explain the entire plot of a dumb movie, which you are very good at. But uh, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. So what what you need to understand is that the movie didn't
1: one hundred percent commit to being a comedy. It's It's like 95% of the way there, but they they just did not feel comfortable leaving it with just these two guys interacting. So they left in this story of Danny DeVito stealing this car, which has a secret device in it uh, that this hitman wants uh, because it's worth like $5 million delivered to these guys. And Danny DeVito is like, I got to deliver this. Uh, And Schwarzenegger's like, I'll go with you so we can go meet our mother who turns out is alive. And so there are These action sequences With these guys Like trying to shoot Danny Vito and Schwarzenegger Beats the shit out of them <laughs> And uh, this With their hands
2: This sounds like My favorite movie <laughs> So Do people die in
1: twins? People do There's a body count To twins it's <laughs> Okay I'm kind of surprised
2: How uh, high Like over ten?
1: Oh no it's, it's a It's a handful um, Like three or four How many guys- How many bodies Can you fit in your hand? <laughs> I- <laughs>
2: That's a good question
1: I, I can there's one scene when I think two guys die in a car and they definitely kill the main villain. Um I can't say for certain that anyone else that they wound is definitely dead.
0: Okay. I don't care. <laughs> we gotta
1: know. But um obviously this this movie changed the world because suddenly we realized that Schwarzenegger, who is such a charismatic guy and has such a goofy accent, can work in these comedy movies. And God, they're so good. I'm so happy that we learned this. Not that not that I wouldn't have been satisfied
2: if he made a career making
1: commando over and
2: over and over. Yeah, I mean he definitely showed he had I don't want to say comedic chops, but there was <laughs> You know, there was a tongue-in-cheek element to to what he was doing.
0: There was a market for it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's weird to me that I can't see, like, these same kind of movies come out now, like The Rock and Daddy Daycare or whatever. Not Daddy Daycare, but you know what I mean, the past ones.
2: No, The
3: Rock... The game plan. Well, he and, did a few kids movies. He also did like the Tooth Fairy. Yeah,
0: the Tooth Fairy. Yeah, t- so like I can see, but like those movies don't appeal to me at all, as any movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger does. And I don't know if that's just because Arnold or it was a simpler time or. Well, I mean, you like Arnold way more than The Rock,
2: don't you? I've yeah. never heard you speak fondly of The Rock.
0: I, I know, but I'm not saying that. Like, obviously, I like Arnold way more than The Rock. Yeah. I'm sure that plays into it. I oh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. Maybe I answered my own question.
2: I think you did.
1: In this movie, Danny DeVito is dating a girl, and so Arnold Schwarzenegger starts dating her sister, and then at the end they both have twins with these girls. Mm-hmm. But I think it's questionable legality if you can marry the sister of your brother's wife,
0: I don't think so. Why not?
1: Because she's, like, family.
0: Yeah, but you're not, like, blood-related. It's not yes. like marrying your... Like, I get where you're coming from, but it's a little bit different.
1: Okay, would it be okay if you married the uh, daughter of the woman your father married?
0: I mean... It's super you, confusing. You could. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's that's a little more weird since... Like, there's some inner peer mingling going on there. <laughs> but I mean, if you're s- sister, sister, brother, brother, I mean,
3: you're in the same, you know, same level. Hey, Sean, uh, I got a question. So, if Danny DeVito is like at the bottom of the scale of like genetics, I mean, he's got like a bunch of diseases and stuff, or like. Boat no.
1: Abnormalities. No, they just talk about how he like. He doesn't have any honor and stuff.
0: (laughs) It's more like a personal thing. Uh, And then they just accent it with the
2: physical attributes. The the fact that he looks like shit.
3: Would you you put him lower or higher on the genetic scale than the penguin from Batman Returns?
1: (laughs) Higher, John. Jesus Christ. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Seriously, I guess at that point you're like a more of the obese. Mutant. You
1: gotta remember this, like Junior. In fact, it has the exact same ending as Junior, where like <laughs> they go into business together and then they also have kids at the same time in similar situations.
3: And they're like, "What if Danny DeVito got pregnant?"
1: <laughs> yeah, they actually said that at the end of this movie too. <laughs> I think
0: that's, that was the way of setting up Junior. So I have a couple questions. <laughs> so. In order to do the experiment, did it need to be twins so they could, like, siphon off all the genetics? They couldn't just
1: make... The way it is presented is it's like an accident. Like, oops, there's two of them. Like, they found out when the woman gave birth.
0: Okay, so this wasn't an experiment to, like, give Arnold the best. No, they wanted to create a super baby.
1: Um, But they... I don't think they intended to create a... Anti-Super Baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but the real conspiracy is that they tell both of them that their mother's dead. And then Danny Beale's like, wait a minute, I got this nun thing. And they're like, we can find mom. And they do.
0: So my other question is, I mean, did this kind of spark the... um, the, the entire genre Of action star comedies Or did, did others come before this Or was this the start of like The Hulk Doing that Thing with the tutu You mean The Rock? No, oh, Hulk, Hulk
1: Hogan Yeah, Hulk Hogan Didn't he do, do he one, one of these movies? The Hulk And Hulk Hogan Are totally different in my oh, opinion Oh, yeah I
2: don't know why I said The Hulk I mean, it might have I mean, then Stallone Was doing like uh, Stopper by Bob will shoot Yeah and like, Burt Reynolds is doing Comet a Half. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Like, can but you no think of any, like, 70s
0: action stars that did, like,
2: corny comedies? Well, there's uh, Any Which Way But Loose or whatever. I was going to say that, too. Clint Eastwood and the chimpanzee is his sidekick. I believe it's an orangutan. Oh, sorry. The very rare orangutans.
0: Remember remember that orangutan in Rise of the Planet of the Age, man? That guy was pissed.
3: That's exactly what it's like in the place.
2: <laughs> try to kill him. It's like a duel to the death between these guys. That'd really be sweet. Okay, I think, we, I think we've we've said all we need to say. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how we're doing it tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Bruce Willis in Die Hard. Yeah, yeah speaking of, of... All right, Sean, uh,
0: tell me the pl- entire plot to Die Hard. <laughs>
2: speaking of,
1: uh, of the opposite of Twins, here's a guy who's pretty much known for comedies coming in and becoming, I guess, the de facto action hero of the next 20 years.
3: Still doing it. Uh, was it really
2: that different, though, from, like, Moonlighting? Really? I mean, it's hard for us to know, because I don't think any of us have seen that show.
1: Well, but I I, I thought the whole point of Die Hard was people were like, wow, this guy's just like a regular guy, and he's killing all these people.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that and the fact that he uh, was was handing out one-liners left and right, which I guess Arnold did too. But yeah, I think that is it, though, that Bruce Willis seemed like just a regular guy. He wasn't indestructible. I mean, he had his fucking feet cut up for the whole movie. Of course, he became indestructible this time around. Yeah, pretty much. At least from what I saw of the trailers from the new one where he's just, like, jumping through (laughs) windows in every scene, just bashing himself through glass.
0: So what kind of stuff was he doing before?
3: He had a TV show. Yeah. it was like a was it a detective or a cop? private
0: investigator?
2: Mm-hmm. And then Silla Shepherd. Yeah, it was like a romantic comedy type show.
0: So I mean, was 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 this really kind of a? So it was basically a breakout role, really. Yeah, it's kind, kind of. of just, I mean,
2: as far as movie movies, movies, yeah. I mean,
0: in becoming a movie
3: star. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'd count this. I mean, yeah, it's. It it may be a little different from his, you know, what he did on uh, on TV and everything, but like, if we're just talking about movie guys, like, this is him establishing his movie persona. Yeah, but he didn't have a a persona before. No, I know, but that's what I mean. It's like, this is him establishing his type, so it can't be, like, against type yet. Yeah, exactly. It's not, I mean, it's certainly somewhat different. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a whole episode of Moonlighting either. I mean, I don't think he's out... Killing
0: everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, but, I, mean, I, I, mean yeah, I maybe. And like, I agree. Like, but he could have been, you know, had a reoccurring role on a some sitcom, and I still wouldn't count it. I'm not saying that counts. I'm just saying you, yeah. there probably is some
3: difference. Oh, I, mean, I,
0: I, I guarantee there's a difference. I bet. I'm sure there was. But I just don't think being on a TV show and then breaking out to be a huge action star for the rest of your life <laughs> counts as like having a type. Like doing one show doesn't really like Arnold did a bunch of movies before he did that. You know, yeah, we want to talk about all those
1: movies where look at him—he has so many muscles. Yeah,
0: exactly. That was his type. Now it's look at him—he's a genetic superhuman <laughs> <laughs> with a piece of shit for a brother. There,
1: there is a part in Twins when
0: Back the to talking about Twins—the <laughs> alarm,
1: one of the cars that. The Danny Vito is boosting. The alarm goes off, and Danny Vito is going to hotwire it, but it just lifts up the back of the car. (laughs) This guy's like, this this turns the
0: alarm off. I hate you, John. Hmm? (laughs) (laughs) I blame you for me not being able to watch Twins. Why? I don't know. I just have a feeling like you
2: prevented me from watching Twins. Yeah. You can watch <laughs> does, it now Does Arnold wear shorts a lot in Twins? Yeah he does I he's feel like I have every scene of have of him In the movie wears shorts In a Hawaiian shirt Cause he's on vacation man Well there's there's a
1: part when Danny B was like We gotta get you classed up And then he like buys him a matching suit to his own For some reason cause they're Twins I guess
0: <laughs>
3: we ask, Do we to keep talking about Twins? Right, I was um, gonna
0: ask another question but I won't So let's go on
1: <laughs> Save it. Save it for our Gary Oldman discussion. Okay. Uh, Because he was in The Batman Begins. Kind of a a, a turner for a lot of actors. I think you could also make a case for... I don't know.
0: (laughs) Liam Neeson,
1: I guess. Uh, Tom
2: Wilkinson, maybe?
0: Yeah, when did Liam Neeson become an Uh, action guy? Like,
2: was there oh. a certain movie? <laughs> the Phantom Menace? <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> What's he doing before then? There's like K-19, The Widowmaker.
1: Yeah, but that could have been a drama.
2: Probably Wasn't was more Rob drama? Roy? Well, I'm not,
1: I'm, I'm... God, he's great Rob Roy. That was fucking
0: sweet. Anyways, what Let's are we talking it. about? talking about Gary Oldman, Oldman okay. who
1: was famous, I think, basically for playing crazy villains. Maniacs. Not
3: a lot of not a lot of heroes. Usually people that I hated. Like I used to really not like Gary Oldman and then when I found out he's Commissioner Gordon, I was like, Oh man, that guy he's always way too over the top, but it's so much more subdued than all the other stuff he's done. Like I just think of all the movies where he's played bad guys, like uh what what are some of those? Uh fifth element, Leon uh, the professional. professional. Lost in space, one of the most bizarre performances I can think of. <laughs> What does he do in that movie? Well, he's Doctor Smith, who on the TV show was kind of bumbling, kind of lovable, kind of an old crank. And in this, he's like murderous and becomes like a super futuristic spider monster. <laughs> yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> but he was like so evil. And then, of course, he's most famous probably. I don't know most famous, but I mean, he established himself playing Sid Vicious, who's a pretty cr- crazy real person. Yeah, but. It seems like, and it's and starting with Batman begins. I mean, maybe there's something before that, but at least with Commissioner Gordon, he started playing these more kind of subdued characters that are more seem
2: more appropriate to his age, and he does them really well. Yeah, I think he really, really learned how to tone it down, which kind of culminated in uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, where he's doing like nothing, but it's kind of riveting. Which <laughs> it's kind of awesome that he was able to come to that. Yeah, it's funny. It's like
3: now I really like him because <laughs> I, I really like that character type. Yeah. kind of more distinguished, more just this calmness, confidence. Not just all crazy, all over the place with a dumb haircut, like a fifth element. <laughs> <With> Bruce Willis <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Tucker playing a transvestite. I know he's a mess. I know it has its following. Oh man,
2: what about Chris Tucker's Silver Lags playbook? Mm. Yeah, it's pretty, good.
3: it's pretty good, but I don't know if it's like. I guess
2: know. that was a that was a performance where I was like, "What the hell is he doing here?" <laughs> was he really fat? No, he's uh, he's pretty him. slim.
0: I just remember seeing him in like a, an NBA like All Star Celebrity Game, and he was like more. He was like huge. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, what happened?" Here? Getting ready to
3: play Louis Armstrong. <laughs>
0: That would be a a definite change of type.
2: (laughs) How would he do that voice? That's like the opposite. (laughs) (laughs) High-pitched guy doing a low-gravelly singer. So
0: uh, Gary Oldman, Batman Begins?
2: Gary Oldman was the beginning Batman. Uh, I feel like Sean was really big on Gary Oldman in Batman Begins when that movie came out. Like, he gives an incredible performance in that movie. John was still kind of kinda cold on on him so he was like yeah, he's okay.
0: Yeah. like me, like going back and reading comics after you know, watching Batman. He literally looks exactly like him. Like <laughs> in every comic I've read. It's like, oh, look there's Gary Oldman in the comic. <laughs> like it looks like with that mustache like I don't it's amazing. Like and then I look at pictures of him in, you know stills from other movies and I say this guy doesn't look anything like
1: <laughs> yeah the, the, for me that's what was why it was such a big deal because mm. i had read you know like year one before yeah. and i knew that like
2: like the year Chris one gordon,
1: gordon looks like like oh, it's insane commissioner gordon should play a substantial part in batman and he should be a, a helpful character mm-hmm. but if you look back you know in the in the 60s tv tv show he's kind of just an insubstantial like exposition device and yeah. in all in the 90s movie sees just kind of bumbling and yeah, terrible.
3: It's basically like Chief Wiggum or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like they didn't even try.
1: And then mm. here's Gary Oldman playing him the way he's, he's meant to be played, you know, as, as kind of the the ultimate force of lawful justice in this dark, twisted world and the only ally Batman could ever really have.
3: Mm. I think I've think I finally warmed up to Gary Oldman now that... He's gotten older. He's finally living up to that last name. <laughs> what a hell of a last, last
1: name! Uh, but also in in the Dark Knight vein, we have uh, Heath Ledger on here playing the Joker in the Dark Knight. I, I mean, I guess his first sort of against type role would be Brokeback Mountain, but even there, that movie's kind of kind of like what he was doing, except gay.
3: Well, I mean, The Dark Knight, The Joker for me was, it, it's just like, I feel like Heath Ledger had sort of an established um, persona, at least in the entertainment world, as, you know, a pretty boy. You know, it's like, oh, if, when I heard Heath Ledger was the Joker, I might as well have heard, oh, do you hear Ryan Phillippe is the Joker or something? <laughs> like, I wasn't aware he was a good actor, so I'm just like, oh, they just got someone pretty, you know? Like, it's like Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know why would Jake I guess, also broke my bad. It's like if he was the Joker. <laughs> yeah. it, didn't, it seemed like they're just picking some pretty face who's kind of a big name to get people to come, like, not, not necessarily, like, the best person for the role. Yeah. then you go and you see that movie, and you realize, oh, wow, I had no idea he had all this potential and then that his new found career as this great dramatic actor was so short-lived, it seems like, uh, which is a shame.
2: But, uh, man, he really made the most of it. I mean, Dark it may Knight. have been because he was had that handsome leading man persona, which led him to star in lesser <laughs> leading man roles like A Knight's Tale or whatever. But uh, oh, was not that like his first movie? It was, I mean, that was like his first starring role. I think he was in The Patriot with Bill Gibson. He's like his son or something, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I, I remember that. That was the first time I remember seeing him in anything. Oh, I always knew him from 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Where I was like, is he future Joseph
3: Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the poster, like the first time I ever saw that poster, I was like, is this like these characters and these characters in the future? <laughs> 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 thing, Heath Ledger, he sort of looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so it's confusing for them to be in the same
2: yeah. in they, movie. Could they- they could have played up on that in a, in a future role if he didn't have passed away.
0: I don't think it would have worked too much now since Joseph Gordon-Levitt looks like a, an adult.
2: Yeah, they probably would have looked the same age. Yeah. They could have been brothers or something. Yeah. I'm guessing the makeup definitely helped him get into that yeah. crazy kind of role. I mean, when you're wearing that, <laughs> you got that shit on your face. I think he probably felt sort of... Free to just go in any sort of direct it, direction, acting-wise. Yeah,
0: whenever I watch it, I, I, the thing that always gets me is his hair and how just, like, fucking nasty it is. <laughs> and, like, like, I hate when my hair is, like, greasy or gross, and it just makes me feel gross. So I can't imagine, like, I think about the Joker, like, he probably doesn't take showers, you no. know? <laughs> so, like, he, I can just, like, imagine, like, having that hair day in and day out. To me, it's like, man, it's, that's a Joker, I guess. He just doesn't give a fuck.
1: He also kills people.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't take showers.
3: <laughs> it, it just makes killing people easier when you don't take showers. Yeah. But I, I, and I always admire when someone takes like a famous character and kind of just makes them their own, and then everyone's like, well, that's the best version I've seen of that <laughs> character. That's really that's something special.
2: Yeah, now, I, mean, I mean everyone's
3: going to know know that performance now when you think of the Joker.
2: Do you guys still prefer the uh animated Mark Hamill?
3: I mean, I do just cuz that's my favorite thing Batman related ever was the okay. cartoon show. I but I can admire them for different reasons. Like I don't like to think of them as the same character. I like to think Heath Ledger just kind of made his own character.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that in like in reading uh, like the Killing Joke and and Long Halloween it's just they don't look anything like they, and they do act different. Like Heath Ledger's Joker is just some crazy guy, but Well,
1: yeah, I feel like Heath Ledger hits more of the sociopath. World, exactly. Like yeah. Mark Hamill's more of the psychopath. The, yeah. He he'll make jokes and yeah. stuff where <laughs> that's not really what this Joker did.
2: Yeah, he kind of makes jokes. They're just really fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> they involve killing someone. Yeah. You know,
0: shoving a pencil through your eye or whatever. Yeah,
2: that's his idea of a joke.
0: God, when I, got that first time I saw that pencil thing, I was like, I remember it the first time being way more graphic than it actually is. <laughs> like, they really don't show anything. Yeah. You know, but, like, I was super afraid that the second time I watched
3: it. I think I was actually confused first. I was like, well, well, where did it go?
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, who's the guy? It took me like a second. So,
1: well, you sounded like midnight
3: That's true, that probably Is the reason <laughs> Where did it go? Let's talk about another twisted Sick son of a bitch let Henry F- Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West Now, does anyone
2: know why he was Selected for this movie? I have no idea I mean, I would assume it's because You know, Sergio Leone was a huge fan of the American westerns you know John Ford and stuff and I know Henry Ford or Henry Fonda was in a lot of those movies My Darling Clementine and stuff yeah that would be my guess
3: well I mean you can definitely tell from all those m- movies that he's a very talented actor maybe Sergio Lone he's just like you know maybe it's finally time
2: to put him on the other side
0: yeah I, I, what,
3: what,
2: yeah I mean I doubt he'd been doing I don't think he had been doing as many roles at that point he was kind of past his his prime
3: and i i heard a story i probably just read it in wikipedia at some point that was <laughs> pretty cool where uh hey fonda just decided like oh well i gotta play against you know type i'm gonna be a villain so he like came to set with like brown contacts contacts and like a beard and so Jill, he is like nah nah you're <laughs> fucking stupid <laughs> Well, he doesn't talk like a guy from Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, he's like, no, you got to play up the, the blue eyes and just how you look. I mean, and that icy blue eyes, cold stare. It's like it's funny when you can take something that you think is like a warm look and then just, you know, the way you write the character and then the subtle tones that he hits make that like totally scary. You know, he's got like nice blue eyes, but make him like super scary, icy stare and stuff like that. Like to just slightly twist everything you thought you knew about him and then make it, like, scary stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is really unnerving. Like, I kind of realized this when I was watching the movie uh, Mr. Roberts the other day, and Henry Fonda... I mean, in that movie, he is kind of the ultimate good guy, and that's what he was pretty much in every role he did in the 40s and 50s. I mean, apart from Jimmy Stewart, he probably was kind of the go-to boy next door with with a heart of gold or whatever, so... They never really made Jimmy Stewart a villain, but yeah, they did it, they did it to Henry Fonda.
1: They, yeah, not to the extent of him shooting children. Yeah, kind of I mean, like he does it Once Upon a Time in the West.
2: Fucking cold blooded in this movie. <laughs>
1: ah, that makes it such a great villain. Yeah, I remember the, the, that massacre scene kind of early on in the movie. Uh, it was so shocking to me. I was like, "My, can you even? Is this allowed?" <laughs> Can you do this in a movie just to kill kids and stuff? You know, never see that. It's talked about. You know, they get blown up in big explosions and stuff, obviously. But I just fucking shoot a kid.
3: Ugh. Yeah. And how about to make audiences uncomfortable by taking like an actor that you thought you could trust? Like, oh, here's Henry Fonda. Okay, he's going to be okay. And he starts like fucking killing everybody. And you're like, I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> Like that's something It's too bad He didn't really ever play Any other characters like this Did he? Not that I know of I mean this is Like you said This is kind of near the Closer to the twilight Of his career so
2: Yeah I mean He he had in Or on Golden Pond In the early 80s That's the only (laughs) Latter day Henry Fonda movie I can think of I don't think he was evil In that was he? No I think he's just Playing an old man In that one he isn't, like, poisoning people, poisoning schoolchildren. Poisoning the golden pond. <laughs> I don't think so.
3: Soon they shall drink from the golden <laughs> pond, and they will die.
2: He's, like, peeing it. <laughs> it's, like, poison. Like he drank poison, and then he'd <laughs> eat out the poison in it. That's why the pond is so golden. Mm-hmm. But he's like immune to the poison for some reason. <laughs> Jesus. That's good.
3: It's something well, they should have. Well, they'll always live on in my fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Tell me when you finish your first draft. Let's talk about another old timer. Well, old timer that is dead. Humphrey Bogart and Treasure of the Sierra Madre.
2: Yeah. So in all, really all of Humphrey Bogart's most famous roles, he's playing kind of, he's, he's the cool guy, you know, he's, he's maybe a little bit morally grey, but he's always kind of on the right side, he's always smarter than everyone else and you can always kind of trust him and he's always got an air of dignity about him too, but that's just like completely God in the Treasure of Sierra Madre, where he'll just he's desperate, he, he'll Kill these guys that are with him on the on the hunt for the treasure, just at at whatever cost. He's just like kind of kind of pathetic in this one, which it's not how you really think of Humphrey Bogart.
3: You know what's kind of interesting? Didn't he get his like his start like not before he's like really famous, like a star? Like didn't he get to start kind of playing like thug kind of guys in the yeah kind of, like, he, smaller he,
2: parts? Yeah, he did play more villainous characters.
3: So that, I wonder if that's kind of interesting. It's like he played those and then he became a star for playing, you know, more of the hero type. And mm-hmm. then I wonder if, like, he got to, like, call, like, tap into that again, like his old thug things a little bit.
2: Yeah, I, I, mean, I think in his, after this movie he could do sort of roles that were against type. I mean, he's just like a lame steamboat captain in uh, The African Queen and then in A Lonely oh. Place. Oh. What? movies <laughs> okay what? what what do you it's a good movie it's a very good movie I'm just saying he's like not that cool, it. <laughs> think he's cool. you think he's cool I don't know if
3: he's cool but when you said lame it definitely sounds like he's like not trying or something <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I know not like, it's like a five a o'clock man. shadow the whole he's movie he's <laughs> definitely surly you were know mm-hmm. saying
2: were you saying something I don't think so. Well, I was just going to talk about In a Lonely Place, where he's okay. also kind of a down-and-out mm-hmm. um, screenwriter.
3: Which is, is. after So maybe this opened the door for him to kind of play those other kind of roles. It's like, oh, now that I've played this jerk, I'm open to doing like, anything. Yeah, I think so. But I don't know how many more, like how much longer his acting, like how many movies he did in the 50s. When did he die? did he die?
2: 54 or something? I don't, so know. Last, I don't even know. So no, the movie was 56. 56. Yeah, he died in 57. So maybe had he lived. I
3: mean, he was, he was kind of old, 57, but maybe if he. I mean,
2: I feel like he was kind of old by the time he'd become a star. Yes, that's true. He's probably was in like his, his 40s. 40s by the time he did the Maltese Falcon.
3: But I wonder if he kept going, if he would have. Kept playing with different kind of roles, you know, just kind of diversifying his resume. I wonder. It's always something to think about. I mean, some people call him the greatest Hollywood star of all time. Where do you weigh in on the subject? Me? Yeah. he's the best? Is there someone you prefer? That's a big—I know that's a big
2: question. Well, I—I don't know. I mean, the other ones I would probably go with is, like, yeah, probably either Jimmy Stewart or Cary Grant— but I feel like Humphrey Bogart maybe was the best actor out of those, of those golden age Hollywood type guys. I think he did have the most range. I think so, too. I, I don't mean, know if that made kids. him the best. Yeah, I don't know if that made him the best star, but yeah, he's a, he's a hell of a dude. That yeah, man could smoke solid a Solid dude. <laughs> That's right. Another solid dude. And also a pretty bonafide movie star, uh, Jack Nicholson. In about Schmidt, now, I mean at this point, Jack Nicholson, we all knew the persona. He's, he, I mean, he was kinda, he's kind of, he's kind of Hollywood's most successful scenery chewers. I mean, anytime he walks into a scene, it's sits the Jack show. But in about Schmidt, he's playing a very quiet, very subtle, and I think he pulls it off pretty well. Which is nice oh, to see. Yeah, I agree.
3: It's definitely not the kind of. I mean, I would think at that point in his career, or just at any point in his career, or maybe after he's won some Oscars, that he'd be like, he'd never want to do those kind of roles. He'd always want to be like a person in power, like, or just like a tough guy. So it's nice to see him kind of on the other end of the spectrum and see that. Oh wow, he can definitely be. You know, I don't know if a a more, a more normal person, but at least a less intense and like.
2: I feel like he pulls off just playing a regular guy in that movie. You know? Yeah, just, <laughs> just a guy that had an office job for twenty years, and then his wife died, and now he's all sad. Yeah. I, I buy it. So it's
3: it's such a it's such a dramatic shift from anything you've you know seen him do out. Like I don't know, maybe ever. Yeah. And you I mean, would think it'd work. You think it'd still shine through too much, but but no, he he makes it work. No, I love it. He got know. an Oscar nomination for this one, didn't he? I think so. Damn, damn straight. You it. Do you don't think he's too creepy at any point or anything? Like, does that because sh- that's like the thing I feel like Jack Nicholson has to battle the most is not being like
2: scary. Well, I kind of like that. You know, that kind of baggage does come with the Jack Nicholson character because this guy he is very laid back and subdued, but at the same time, you see some of that. Nicholson anger shine through like the scene where he's, he's writing the letter to the African kid and he's like you know what I hate my wife I've hated her for 20 <laughs> years now my my soon to be stepson is the dumbest fuck I've ever met and it's like it still works I think the, the anger sort of shining through just yeah. in, in little pieces like if it's the guy from Five Easy Pieces like 30 years later yeah maybe <laughs> I don't know. I just watched that movie again. What the hell is Dermot Mulroney's hair in that movie? It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I don't remember. Was it like a mullet? It's like ponytail mullet, but like balding on top <laughs> and a handlebar mustache. <laughs> you
1: got to complete the ensemble.
2: Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, it's, it's very, very middle American. <laughs> I haven't seen it about Schmidt, but I have seen as good as it gets. So, am I about good on this?
3: What do you mean? <laughs> like, is that an against type performance? Yeah. I mean, not as much. He's still kind of like like cynical and arrogant and as good as it gets. Yeah, but I feel it's like cause here it's he's crazy. He's, yeah, but I feel like here well, he's, he's way more. Times too. He's, I wouldn't say that OCD would, qualifies him as crazy. I don't know, if that's what you're going for. I don't know, but here was he that just it? he just had OCD, that was it. Yeah. Here he's way more broken down. Like he's like he's pretty pathetic after I don't know how much you know knew about the movie, but his like wife dies and then I, I just remember like him going to the store and like buying like a shitload of like frozen pizzas and stuff. It's like he's absolutely pathetic in this shell of a man. Like that's nothing like I've seen Jack Nicholson do before. So, I think you should still check it out. It's 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 definitely pretty different from As Good As It Gets or something.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm expecting Alexander Payne's newest movie will be kind of in the same vein. Just about old people <laughs> dealing with getting old. Definitely. Riveting stuff. You know, you don't see it in movies a lot. So that shit ain't sexy. Certainly not. No. Anyways, moving on. Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo. It's uh I don't know. It's not quite making that turn to villainous, which I I don't know if Jimmy Stewart could have ever made. But he's definitely very obsessive and he goes to dark places and he's not he's not that relatable. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting turn, I think.
1: I feel like he was against type in every single Hitchcock movie he made. It was always a, a little twist on what he could do.
2: A little bit. I don't know about, uh, like, the man who knew too much. There you go. I haven't seen it.
3: But, yeah, I agree. Rear, Rear Window is kind of s- similar in that it's like an obsession. Mm-hmm. And there's a, both have kind of a voyeuristic quality to it. Uh, but I don't know, Vertigo seems like the more significant one. It does, yeah. Yeah. I just feel like his obsession leads to way more um, dramatic, uh, way more dramatic outcoming. So it's that much more significant.
2: Yeah, I don't know. We don't really need to talk about Vertigo. I feel like we've talked about Vertigo a lot, which is weird because it's like the go-to cinephile cinephile porn movie, basically. We're not that snobby, but we somehow have talked about Vertigo a lot. We aspire to be.
3: I don't know. But I feel like every time we talk about it, we like, oh, it's such a big deal, so we don't know exactly what to say about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: We're just like... Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> so it's like, we talk about it so often, but always in like, the dumbest way. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is our legacy. <laughs>
3: But yeah, it's, just, it's good. It's yeah, it's definitely different. I mean, his I don't like. I saw it again. I really don't think his character is that like well. He gets so far into being obsessed with this woman that it's it's like God, just you know, back the fuck down, all right? <laughs> he, I think he is he is veer like on um, almost being like a villain in this. So mm-hmm. I'd say it's different, definitely different. Uh, should we move ahead though? Let's do it. Dude. All right. Jim Carrey, Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Definitely A turn in that We always knew him as the guy who talked out of his butt Now he's talking out of his heart oh, He's all sad Was this before or after *The Majestic? It was before, wasn't it? Was it?
1: I think he'd done The Truman
3: Show Definitely, yeah You know, people always say that's like like, that's him playing as type, but I've never really seen it. It still seems kind of pretty goofy to me.
2: It's still a pretty lighthearted performance, I think. Him, like, yeah. playing with the mirror and, like, derping around. There's no yeah. derping
3: around in this movie. He's <laughs> just, like, sad. He's just, like, like, he's going to cry in every scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, the qu- the only question I've ever had is, um, uh, what, did, what would this movie have been like with someone else in the world? Like what would Eternal Sunshine have been like if it starred like, I don't know, Ewan McGregor? <laughs> would it be the same, you think?
2: I think it would have worked. I don't think this is a performance that is inseparable from the movie's greatness. I think it's such a, you know, ingenious script and the way it's directed is so unconventional and yeah, I think it would be a great movie even if someone else was in that role. Yeah.
3: But he certainly doesn't detract. I mean he compliments. The, no, he uh, certainly
2: rises to it.
3: Because there is like a goofiness that Jim Carrey just always kind of has that does kind of make him you like him a little bit, an awkward goofiness or, or something like that. I can't quite put my finger on it, but, but I certainly I, didn't I, I hate think it's him.
1: interesting in in Eternal Sunshine that like he channels that into like decency as a person and 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 likability and and the goofier fun one is is Kate Winslet instead.
3: Also, like kind of playing against type.
1: Yeah. But yeah, let's just give it to her to get
3: the list. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a different character. I mean, I don't really know because I can't really think of. I guess Titanic. Uh, I don't know what else. Heavenly like like, Nazi Patriots. movie. I think that was, after. That was after. Unless there's another one.
1: Uh, I thought we were just talking in general, like what her type is.
2: Oh well, yeah, I don't know. Her type is Oscar nomination-worthy performances. <laughs>
1: You know who else is in Eternal Sunshine, kind of against type, is Elijah Wood. I can't remember if this is before or after Sin City. It's,
3: it's oh, that's a good question. I think it's before, the year before.
1: Like, this is the first time I think he played, like, kind of a seedy, creepy, bad dude. First I mean, time creepy, but not. <laughs> not in Sin City. Like, yeah. was he, like, a cannibal or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was the first time you saw him as a
2: non-Hobbit.
1: Well, and that's not true, because I had seen Deep Impact. I oh, have? Yeah. He's in that? He's in one of those asteroid movies. He's like a genius kid. I believe it
3: was Deep Impact. Well, I, if he's I a mean, kid, he's still technically a hobbit, though, right? Because he's not like, a man. <laughs> oh.
1: I get it. Yeah, it's Deep Impact. Playing Leo Biederman. Did you say Biederman or Peterman? <laughs> Biederman. B-I-E-D-E-R. Man beater but like he beats it a lot uh, he's a teenager
2: <laughs> oh, and he's <laughs> <is> a nerd <laughs> I, I get what they're doing with that i think
1: he i think maybe he's the one who discovers the deep impact asteroid is coming even though we have nasa
3: he's responsible for taking it down no he, he he
1: just gets to be in like the that movie's version of like the arcs, you know, like the deep underground caves where everyone gets to live, and everyone else just dies because of it. It's
3: too bad, because if he if he was responsible for beating, they come.
2: We didn't just beat it; we Beaterman did. Well, no, Five
3: they, fives they, they
2: they they Five named all around
1: They named the asteroid the Beaterman in his honor. Beaterman,
2: why
0: would you want? Why would you want an asteroid named after you that's about to kill you? Hey, it's going to be
1: the most famous asteroid in history. That's so terrible. Like a name That's like that.
3: naming like Mount St. Helens after you, or something, or even worse, like a national tragedy after you. Peter, nine eleven, Beethoven.
1: Hey, Denise Crosby's in this. She's on the first season of Next Generation, and she got
0: fucking. Are, are we talking about deep impact? Yeah. So, so Sean, I've got a question. Okay. How Is did, it about
1: Kurtwood Smith in RoboCop?
0: Yes. <laughs> So how did um, how did Arnold, uh, how did he convince Danny DeVito that they were twins?
2: <laughs> <laughs> really talking about twins again. <laughs>
1: uh, he just kind of warmed down, to be honest. I don't think there was a moment. They talk about how they have kind of like a, a psychic connection with each other, but they don't really explore that. It's more just uh, he like keeps telling them, the facts of their upbringing and it just starts making more and more sense to Andy Vito until he's like alright I accept this as the truth there's not like a moment where it's like you know see this birthmark you've got I've got the other half we put it together it's a heart it's not nothing like that no
0: okay thanks
2: How <laughs> would right, you uh, put that birthmark together like they touch bellies or something touch butts touch butts well, butt yeah touching. touch
1: butts in my mind, it was like a, you know, like a like an arm tattoo or something. But yeah, I, touching butts, that would be a classic.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the logistics of that would be kind of tricky because there's such a height difference. Yeah, I guess David would kind of like hop up to Arnold's. Is planet. there really, yeah.
0: though? I thought Arnold's trailer short. He didn't wow. look like it in this movie.
2: I feel like he's at least six feet tall. He's just not towering. Which he maybe seems like he should be. He's six two since he's genetically perfect. Six two is pretty genetically perfect. Yeah, it is. That's, that's uh, thing about uh, it.
1: Any bigger than that, the world's like a little small for you. 2 two, you're just a tall guy. Are we done talking that twins? <laughs> <laughs> was really good in airplane, and he was like a dramatic actor before that, and then he was like, "You can be funny now." And he's like, okay, I'll make jokes.
3: I feel like just a few years before this, he was the captain of the Poseidon Adventure. And you watch that movie, there's nothing funny about that movie <laughs> or that performance. So I don't know who, who thought, like, hey, did he, like, play a similar character like this in another, like, airplane movie or something? I No, I feel like I'd know that if that had happened. Like, why did the Zucker Brothers decide, hey, let's get this guy to play Well, I mean in in
0: Airplane he's basically like super straight the whole time.
2: I mean I think that was just their approach to airplane, which is kind of Floyd Bridges and Yeah, I mean that's just the genius of that movie is they are all serious actors. (laughs) It's just Leslie Nielsen kinda lent himself, I guess, more to to doing that ridiculous straight man role that he that he kinda perfected. I mean it definitely helped that he had the naked gun after that
3: yeah I mean what's so interesting about this performance is now that's what he's known for it totally like
2: shifted his whole career like is
3: it kind of funny
2: watching the Poseidon Adventure now retroactively I think
3: yeah I I think it is (laughs) it's funny because like he's playing serious but like you're like kind of laughing anyways because he, that's how he. It's like he's serious in airplane too, but it's just he's serious about the jokes. But there's something still funny about it because he's like, oh, it's Lizzie Nielsen, the funny guy. Just any minute now, he's gonna he's gonna say something, something good. And of course, you know he's in like Forbidden Planet and a whole handful of things scattered throughout the years. But nothing that like this is a role, not, like or just a kind of character that he's now remembered for, like a type that people. Oh, he's the goofy guy. Well, I don't know the the goofy guy who's like serious, yeah. which is interesting. Except in Mister Magoo, that's pretty much full on silliness. But by that point, he. he but I mean, he I would, think people America stopped caring. He was a little
0: more goofy and naked gun than he was in. Airplane. He's still he's still deadpan though.
2: <laughs> the same thing I mean, he still said lines like "dead serious," lines like "your love was just like drinking a bottle of Drano." Sure, it filled me up but it left me empty inside. <laughs> and then he just walks away.
3: I mean, I admit it was goofier, but it's still playing off. Yeah. Kind of that, like, I'm, you know, taking being ridiculous totally seriously.
2: Yeah.
3: And I don't think I've ever seen anyone else who's, like, done that, at least to that, in that extent. He kind of owns the market on that, I think. The straight man who's not a straight man. Who's, like, also the comedic relief. Only he could do it. I mean, Scary Movie 4. I mean, come on. Yeah, forget about it. (laughs) Forget about it. So let's go from a dramatic actor who switched to comedy to a comedy actor who switched to drama, I guess, or action drama. Michael Keaton and Batman. I assume that's what we're going for, right? He, He... playing, like, comedy roles, like Mr. Mom and stuff. Yeah, like, he was Beetlejuice, and now he's, he used to be Batman.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was interesting for me listening to uh, the episode of WTF that Michael Keaton did, because he started out as a stand-up comedian. That's where he first, like, kind of rose to prominence. I didn't even know. Yeah, I mean,
3: I think he, Mr. Mom was, for stuff like that, where he was kind of just, like, I feel like wise cracking. Well, like Beetlejuice, I feel like sums out of him his early career. Just the wise dragon guy. Okay, hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> like, was, that a, thought... was that your Batman? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, how's it
3: going? I'm a Batman. I mean, who'd have thought, let's get that guy in a leather costume and save the day? And Tim, like, hey, hey. <laughs> Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton was I like, this guess. would be
0: fucking weird. I mean, right? I guess
3: it was just because, like, he'd worked with them before on Beetlejuice. I mean, he's either, he's either that or he picks Pee Wee or something. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Just I guess it was just an actor he was comfortable with. He's like, you know, I see the potential. I see the potential. In him. I see that's how Tim Burton talks.
2: I mean, he's got, he's got the voice, I guess, for Batman. I'd love to see a one-man show where you just recreate the making of Batman. <laughs> just play all the people involved in it. I don't know, is your Jack Nicholson that good? No. Oh. How's your uh, Billy D. Williams? And he's going to
3: play a guy with a smile on his face the whole damn time. Billy D. Williams. Billy
2: D. Williams. <laughs> Billy D. Williams. <laughs> You've done <laughs> it before on this podcast. Name's Harvey Dent.
3: <laughs> well, oh for me in the fall. Yeah, hopefully that was...
2: <laughs> the face. Know, you see it's Steven. I'm all right. Well, well you just, got the cadence. The- just work on it. I don't want to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> a one man show in the making of Batman.
3: Man. I mean, a lot of people criticize the choice of Michael Keaton. Do you guys think in the end he, like, pulled off a big performance or, you know, a solid one? Uh, I think
0: he fits for that movie. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, there's nothing else he could have done.
2: I mean it wasn't a Robert Roger Ebert who said that it doesn't really matter who plays yeah. Batman. Yeah. It just matters if you got a good chin. Yeah,
0: that's why Roger Ebert said George Clooney was the best
3: Batman. <laughs> 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 Though, I, I think what is important is Michael Keaton came up ad-lib the line that, you know, who are you? I'm Batman. <laughs> I believe the original line was who are you? And he says, I am the knight. But Michael Keaton must have forgotten, so he's like, oh,
1: let's see, what do I
0: say? Who are you? <laughs> who
1: am I?
3: <laughs> it's not who are you, it's, um, what is, how's the line go? It's, uh, is it what are you? God damn it, this is killing me. <laughs> well, if it's not who are you, it's probably what are you.
2: I think it's who are you.
3: I'm getting this, this shit straightened out. <laughs>
0: So, Sean, uh, what was the middle act like in
3: Twins? Well, so there's
1: a big arc where uh, Arnold loses his virginity because he lived on an island with German scientists the whole time. And I guess it's handled tastefully. <laughs> but
2: <laughs> Question mark.
1: <laughs> it, it wasn't exactly the detour I was hoping the plot would take, you know? And, I mean, he does also beat up some people. while he's doing that to impress everybody no not not during
2: uh, during the intercourse but (laughs) before beforehand hey there's that scene in that movie uh (laughs) drive angry where Nicolas Cage (laughs) kills like ten guys while he's banging a chick (laughs) she's like straddling him.
1: (laughs) yeah see that's the exhalation that that we all got to live through I guess Mm -hmm. and then the, from the late 80s to what they're doing in the early 2010s. teens,
3: I guess.
2: 20s. I don't think either.
3: And and just to clarify earlier, the line from Batman is, what are you? I'm Batman. And there's something I like about that. I like to think every time Michael Keaton forgets his line, he just says, he replaces the word with Batman.
0: Or just like, <laughs> says I'm and then his character's name. <laughs>
3: It's like, how are we going to stop the Joker? I'm Batman. You know, just like, he's got a, he just throws that out there.
1: I love the you,
3: Bruce. I love Batman, too. <laughs> how do you think Michael Keaton stacks up to all the other men who play Batman now? Like, where do you rank him? How do you rank your Batman? Mm,
2: are we going to I mean, minus, minus Christian Bale? I mean, I can't really say because I've never seen Batman Forever or Batman and Robin. Oh. You've never seen
3: Batman and Robin?
2: Oh, that's no. awesome. I feel
3: like there's i a mean, good that' definitely... Nancy hadn't either What are you guys doing as kids? I've definitely
2: seed seeds of it I feel like I was done with Batman at that point When you're like 8 years old? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's cynical?
3: I don't I've... know I feel like by the time you became friends with Colin
2: He didn't have toys anymore No, I was just into sports And you guys like Basically made me into a nerd Again <laughs> <laughs> nice. think about it You'd have it
3: I want to hear your rank. Batman's ranked first Well if I can include The animated series I'm going to go with Kevin Conroy well, I'm going to go with The can't. movies I can't uh, You know what's tough Is I, I genuinely like George Clooney But he just happens to be In the absolute Worst thing ever <laughs> Like I feel like his Bruce Wayne I like a lot more Than Christian Bale's I mean, it's just so tough because Christian Bale's movies are so much better. Mm. So well, I,
1: Christian Bale's movies are the only ones that are actually about Batman, if you want to go back to that Roger Ebert yeah. quote.
3: I mean, I want to say George Clooney, but I probably just got to say Christian Bale. Okay, taking out Christian Bale, I rank.
0: I mean, I'm talking about original three here.
1: So Adam West also exempt.
0: Yeah, well, I don't care about him. Well, hey, he didn't get a movie.
1: <laughs> it's part okay. of that movie I've seen the most in my life.
0: <laughs> I'm going George Clooney, Val Kilmer, Michael Keaton.
1: <laughs> really? Because I, I, I would put Keaton on top out of those three. I've, I
0: I've got a so weird thing, and Bob. I think it has to do with Arnold, where I like Batman and Robin more than I do Batman Returns. You're retarded. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Batman Returns is... A- It's a way, way better movie from, like, just the style of the movie. Yeah, I agree with everything you're about to say,
0: but I'm just saying (laughs) it was annoying to me. Did I say Returns? I meant Forever.
3: You said Returns. (laughs) Well,
0: I meant Forever.
2: I apologize.
3: I love
2: Returns. I just love that. That's the kind of film analysis podcast we have, where someone can state their opinion, and another person goes, "You are retarded." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that was pretty retarded what I
1: said. I but. think you can make a stronger case against Batman Forever. Oh yeah, I, I feel like that's Batman what forever, I was thinking about. Batman Forever is pretty forgettable. At least Batman and Robin, you're not going to forget what you yeah. witnessed. I
0: mean, literally, as an Arnold fan, it was great. Like Arnold one-liners, the <laughs> I feel entire movie,
1: and then anyone. It was amazing
0: I mean yeah Batgirl's stupid Robin's stupid Alfred's stupid George Clooney's handsome But like I don't know Batman Forever Jim Carrey's Super annoying Tommy Lee Jones Is super annoying They never like Explain anything That's pretty against Type performance By Tommy Lee Jones Yeah there you go yeah, but it's like bad. And <laughs> yeah, and then he went back to never doing that again.
3: <laughs> then he went back to never smiling again. <laughs>
2: He's retired. Tired from smiling.
0: But I will say that I'm I'm not a big fan of Batman Returns.
2: Okay.
3: I will say it's better than Batman and Robin, though. Just for just for my credibility. <laughs> Let's move on to another guy who's played superheroes, Robert Downey Jr. in his Oscar-nominated <laughs> performance in Tropic Thunder as Kirk Lazarus. Is it really? Yes, best supporting actor.
2: I fucking love that. This was nominated for an Academy Award. That was great.
3: Close my mind.
2: Because, I mean, it's, it's deserved. Like, who else could pull off this kind of role being in blackface in the 21st century? Uh, Thomas off. Howell. In Soul Man, okay, that was the 20th century, and uh, you say 21st? Yeah, I did. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I just like it because I feel like in comedies, you know, it, it becomes sort of this inner network of comedic actors that you only see in comedies. But when you get like a real classically trained kind of actor. In a role like that Like he can really Sink his teeth into it And sell it Even though it's the most Ridiculous thing You've ever seen
1: Yeah And that was What was so cool About Tropic Thunder Was that Like Aside from Ben Stiller Everyone was Kind of cast As the type of person That they were
2: Well except for
3: Tom Cruise
1: Okay and Tom Well I feel like His is basically Just a cameo In that movie
3: Golden Globe nominated (laughs)
1: Uh, but Robert Downey Jr. obviously steals the show as the the over-the-top thespian who gets surgically altered to look like a black person for this
2: action movie of all things. Yeah, <laughs> like he's basically playing Russell Crowe if he did a movie like. That.
3: <laughs>
2: I think Russell Crowe could have done it. Uh, I would have loved to see that. I don't know if he could have done it because. I think Russell Crowe isn't really funny I've never yeah, seen that's him where... but Robert Downey Jr. has that thing where he's sort of, he can do both he always had these comedic you know, tendencies even when he's in dramatic films so yeah, I don't know I don't know that anyone else could do this role there's probably someone But uh, if they'll
3: ever do a character like this again
2: I, I don't know
3: <laughs> well, they had already kind of
1: started down this path when they made white chicks.
2: I <laughs> guess, but that's. Just... <laughs> they look horrific in that movie. <laughs> they don't look like human <laughs> <laughs> beings, Though it doesn't work.
3: Mm. You know who I bet could have done it? Kate Blanchett. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> she can do anything. Ah, uh, because of the
1: Bob Dylan thing. Mm hmm. Not good enough for our list,
0: Blanchette. So, w- was there any backlash at all to *Tropic Thunder*? Or was it just people got it? I feel
3: like people there was. Got it. I feel like the was backlash that... is mostly against the retarded. Oh part yeah, of but it. I'm
2: talking about the African American. <laughs> oh, full retards.
3: I mean, I'm sure there's always some sort of controversy, but it, obvi- it wasn't like quite as big as the other one. So, yeah.
2: not really. To be a moron, to be moronical. <laughs>
3: I need. I've only seen that movie.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> that scene is so good. <laughs> to be the, t- you know. I need to watch this. I'd like to watch it again. It's not. It's, it's definitely got some flaws. It's not a perfect comedy, but there's definitely some gold in there.
3: Yeah, Rob Downey Jr. is definitely the reason to watch that movie. Like I think of like, oh yeah, Jack Black was in that. He didn't really give me much in mm-hmm. that.
1: He gets stabbed by a baby, (laughs) or no? Is that Ben Stiller? Someone gets stabbed by a baby. I think it's Ben Stiller. Damn it! I don't know. Jack Black runs around in his underpants. I think then. Yeah, he like pulls a gun out of his underpants.
3: (laughs) When's Jack Black gonna really play against type? I want to see him in like a really, really dark drama. Hmm. It'll you know someday. Mail Mr. script. He could. He's really good in Bernie. Yeah, I'm we'll gonna be on the lookout for that.
1: Anyway, and I'm on the lookout
3: for Robin Williams in One Hour Photo. Now, this isn't the, this is not the first time he'd done drama, obviously, but I feel like this is the first time he was genuinely creepy and also kind of a villain, almost in this weird almost Hitchcockian kind of thriller. Uh, have you? Has anyone seen this? I have seen it. Yeah, you've seen it. You think that's a pretty scary movie? Scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Basically, Rob Williams works at this photo-developing booth at like a like a Costco, like, or just like a generic kind of store. You think like this would
0: work, place. like, nowadays? Like, kids would I don't like think not would. even
3: know what that is. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> photo-developing, like, <laughs> Because now we're in this age of digital cameras and everything. But anyways, he, uh, he works at this photo booth. And there's this family that every once in a while uh, comes by to do photos. And we find out that he's, like, obsessed with this family. And back at his apartment, he's got, like, all these pictures of them. And then he's, like, trying to get involved in their lives. And it's just a very haunting performance. It's very subdued. It's not funny even in the slightest. He's not doing any shtick. You know, he's not doing his... Oh, Robert Williams, oh, take a photo, oh, here you go. <laughs> that sounds like the worst movie ever. <laughs> i way, see it. It's way darker. <laughs> one of, I think, one of his best. I mean, he's kind of played a couple characters like this since. I mean, he was in a villain in Christopher Nolan's Insomnia. But I feel like this one is his best of that type. You know, interesting, it wasn't the first choice. Uh, the first choice was... Um, Jack Nicholson, who oh, oh. No. It's too scary, I think. I don't know. I think <laughs> Robin Williams. You look at him, and you're like, you could, you think at first, oh, he's a gentle looking guy. He looks innocent enough. You know, this won't be so bad. You know, yeah, well, remind me if
0: time. remind me if I'm wrong, but like I felt like initially, he's not that creepy, and like he, I feel like the fact that you like Robin Williams going into the movie helps you kind of like you want to defend him almost. I definitely
3: agree with that Yeah
0: until, until you're like Okay I
3: can't quite Defend this anymore <laughs> uh, But yeah Robin Williams was Originally um, Was going to be cast As like his boss Which is weird Because that's a really Like boring part of, It's not boring It's just not an Interesting character That part ended up Being played by Gary Cole Who's really good At playing bosses I guess <laughs> Yeah That's true so. Yeah, I guess he does a good job. That's his type. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so if he's ever cast as an employee, then... Well, I'd i don't say know.
3: he cut <laughs> against, against type performance was Talladega Nights. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Just a I mess. don't know if, if that's a great performance. He, he,
2: trapped a, he trapped Will Ferrell in that car with a cougar. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that doesn't happen in this movie. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I definitely recommend one hour photo. It's very David Fincher esque. It's uh, Mark Romanek. I think he's only done like three movies, mostly music videos. But it's shot beautifully. Uh, Robin Williams' performance is fantastic. It's very subtle, but uh, very it, you know you'll remember it. The first joke
1: I ever told that I remember my dad laughing at we were driving around and I saw a one-hour photo and I said, you know, all these places are one-hour photos. If someone opened up a 59-minute photo, they would crush the entire market. My dad <laughs> chuckled a little bit and I was like, this is a great day for me.
2: That's pretty good. That almost sounds kind of like a Mitch Hedberg joke. Someone opened a 59-minute. Yeah. They go that out of totally business you would get it one minute earlier <laughs> <laughs> Sean Lemmy a young Mitch Hedberg why not
3: Sean secretly fighting for Mitch Hedberg all these years
0: <laughs> how old were you when this happened <laughs> oh I don't know probably I don't
1: know 12 pretty young that
0: Was the first time you ever made your dad laugh
1: like with a joke I'm sure he laughed at me like being bad at stuff. (laughs) Like the time dad's like, Sean, I want you to lick this battery and I was
0: like, sure, dad. (laughs) Lick this battery?
2: What happened? You never licked a battery? No, I've never been.
0: (laughs) My dad never tried to pull a prank on me. Well then
1: I'll leave it to you to find out what happened.
0: (laughs) Sean
1: Connery was in the third Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. And if you know anything about Sean Connery, you know that he is a man's man. He's a sexual dynamo. He's got his shirt off a lot of the time. Sometimes he's got his pants off too. He's good at beating people up and being a nice action star. But in The Last Crusade, he kinda of plays a frumpy scholarly type. And he's the father of Indiana Jones. So you'd think, you know, he'd be like super Indiana Jones. But no, they went another way. They went smart. And it's great.
2: Didn't he kind of play a frumpy old crusty guy in The Untouchables?
1: No, he was a total badass. Okay. I so, don't remember so that movie, movie
2: that bad, well. He's got right. guns.
3: Well, I mean, also out of the fact that Last you said he's like totally bumbling. Yeah. There was nothing <laughs> suave about him at all. Like, he, he, they're flying in the plane and he fucking shoots the back of the plane <laughs> and then has to lie to his son saying, We've been hit. Like... <sighs> He's so useless in, like, these adventurous situations, which is so unlike Sean Connery that we've known as, like, James Bond, who always knows exactly what to do. Like, it's the total opposite of James Bond, which is interesting because, like, you could say Indiana Jones is, like, the American James Bond, so I think it's almost like a play on that. That's what's so cool about it. It's like Indiana Jones is the son of James Bond, sort of, in my fan fiction. (laughs) Yeah You're probably not The only one to write That fan fiction Probably not yeah. But no I mean Shotgun He's a man to man Like you're saying With his shirt off And all that junk And now he's wearing That goofy little hat And he's like Scared away birds With his umbrella John you don't have To send me pictures From Zardoz
1: I know <laughs> I got a copy of Zardoz Ready to go <laughs>
3: I just wanted to remind
2: everyone how manly he was no, I, at one point in time. I had not, I had no idea that this is what Zardoz <laughs> is like. <laughs> I mean, what I I, I have no idea what Zardoz is like. I don't think anyone knows what Zardoz is. Like. I don't uh, want to like... know what Zardos is.
3: Like. For anyone who's not familiar with Zardas, just think of like the swimsuit from Borat, but then like it's sci-fi. It's like gun belts.
2: <laughs> he's got a ponytail.
1: He's got, got tall ass boots.
0: Tall ass boots. <laughs> but you know it's, it's I
1: cool don't
2: style. think I could imagine this in my head if I was just listening at home.
0: <laughs> and he's got a
2: pistol a strange. A oh, and he's got a mustache.
0: And there's three of him.
2: <laughs> alert.
1: Is there cloning in Zardoz? I'm not gonna tell you anything about the plot of it. We should Have you seen it,
3: it Sean? Mm-hmm. I just love Didn't how. your dad say it was like the first radar movie he like snuck into or something?
1: I don't know. There was some weird backstory because my uncle gave him a copy of it on DVD for one of his birthdays. <laughs> some backstory. It, just mean, it means so
2: much to him.
0: I just love how, like, if this was made today, the guy would have to be ripped. But this is just like a flabby, hairy. Like, he's not, like, fat, but he's, like, not. He's just like... Well,
1: just because he don't have six-pack ass doesn't mean you can't menace people.
0: I know. Well, I'm not saying... That. I'm just saying, like, I think it's funny. Like, if this was made today, this guy would have to be just, like, shredded. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have any hair. Either. Yeah, and not have, like, pasty, <laughs> groin, hairy area. But you know what? That guy
1: trained his whole life to be naked like that. Fucking Sean Connery was, like, wearing a suit most of the time. And then he was like, I'll do this. Bring it.
2: He trained his whole life To be in Zardoz Sean you
3: gotta explain this movie To <laughs> me sometime cause I'm looking up pictures And I just I, I, I do not understand what this movie is about
2: It's called fucking Zardoz For god's sake What,
1: what is it I will tell you
3: one hint <laughs> That I think,
1: I think Will start shifting your thoughts About these images in your heads And make you want to see this movie even more Think about this, Zardod, Wizard of Oz.
3: Hmm, I'm super intrigued. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. And why is he wear a wedding dress? <laughs> <laughs> but he keeps his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. But yeah, Sean Connery, he's great. He's playing goofy old man. I don't remember him ever playing a goofy old man ever again, either. He's usually a cool guy.
1: Well, he played so. that world's greatest grandpa. <sighs> I was just uh, say.
3: Uh, we
2: don't like to talk about that,
1: Sheridan. <laughs> i sorry, I forgot. I didn't, I didn't say its name.
2: <laughs> but it's not called the world's greatest grandpa? I don't think so. I think it, it had... Uh, it's like, it like Sir
3: Billy oh. or something. Okay.
2: Uh, John
3: Witt there. I had to I had to end the horror, <laughs> face your fears. Let's go on to our last our last one ah. Mr. will Farrell, stranger than fiction, will Farrell he
1: this is maybe the the least uh significant change on our list because I mean. Will Ferrell is undeniably... Well, sort of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, you just... There's that charisma to this guy that, that he's always going to have in his movies. Uh, but in, in Stranger Than Fiction, he's he's using that, you know, for for, for the drama and, and not so much for the laughs. And that makes it enjoyable. Have you seen Stranger Than Fiction?
3: Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Do you know what
1: it's about? John
3: knows.
2: I've seen it. I
3: haven't Call seen B- it. Basically, there's this author writing this book about this guy, like Harold Crick or something, where nothing good happens to him. All this shit. He's got a terrible life. And then Will Ferrell one day, like, starts hearing narration and finds out that he's the person in this woman's story. So anything she writes will happen to him. So he's trying to find her.
1: The author is Emma Thompson of uh, junior fame. (laughs) It's also got Dustin Hoffman. Sure does. He's like the ultimate bookman. <laughs> if that was a
3: thing, I guess it is. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. You're gonna say something about the ultimate bookman, maybe? I don't know where you're going. Well, it's not that big a change for Dustin Hoffman. He's he's pretty good at playing lots of different roles. Did he ever against high performance? Maybe Dick Tracy. Well, I thought about
2: putting Tootsie on this list, mm-hmm. but I didn't for some reason.
1: No, I don't think Tootsie is as big a leap as you think it is.
2: Hmm. Okay, if you say so, I just put on the list. We don't have to have this argument. <laughs> Would you like to see Will Ferrell do more of
3: these kind of roles? I mean, he kind of did it a little bit again and everything must go. Like, that movie wasn't just, like, straight-up man-child comedy. It was more like, I'm a sad adult. <laughs> like, do you think he does well in this kind of character type?
1: He's he did fine, at the time. Man. I don't know if he can
2: anymore. You feel like he's lost it? I'm <laughs> sure he could. Yeah. It's just, I don't... I don't know. There are some comedic actors that got to a point where it's like... Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sick of him doing just dumb comedic roles like Robin Williams or Jim Carrey. But Will Ferrell, he's literally, I would say, the funniest actor alive right now. I'm not sick of him doing goofy roles. Maybe I he's will get so sick of it. Man. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe.
3: <laughs> we saw the campaign just like last year, and that movie's always pretty stupid, but yeah. he's given 110 yeah. percent in that. Like even in bad movies, he's really funny. Yeah, like I, yeah, you can watch
0: Blades of Glory or whatever and still have a laugh.
3: He's Yeah, he's just that good. Though I do think this, this is a, a nice performance. And I wouldn't mind seeing it every now and then. I don't know yeah. that I like it as much, but it's kind of nice to see him try other things. So it was a nice change of pace, I suppose.
1: I'm going to bump him off the list, though, just for the sake of list making. Okay. All right. Should I bump Sean Connery too, or we feel pretty good about that?
2: I mean, I was skeptical, but you guys—you guys convinced me. Well, yeah, that's pretty
1: against type. Okay, so we've got twelve right now. Someone's someone's got to go. Someone's got to give.
0: So I'm not quite sure, like what what constitutes better than others.
3: Are we going to judge it by um, how good of a performance or how just interesting it was to see them do something
2: different? Or
3: how... I, I'd go with, I guess, I, I, as usual, I feel like I always ask a question like that and then we say, mm, a little bit of both.
2: Yeah, I was just about to say that, yeah. as
0: I often do. Or just, like, how he changed the landscape of cinema. Yeah, if
3: we're I talking about to change the <laughs> landscape
2: Is that going to be on the list, honestly? I mean, he's just being Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, I'll admit it's
3: against type, but is it really that good of a performance? Is the performance against type? He
2: lifts up a car with his bare hands. Breaking my heart. That's not a good example of it being against like we, we, type. <laughs>
3: we talked about it enough. You know? He it, loses it, his it, virginity, and yeah, it's very sweet.
1: <laughs> Except not really.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he said he's still trying to kill dudes while he's. <laughs> not while that. he's having sex really I mean
3: is. yeah that's not what I meant either Sean. but we still must lose another so sad this is really hard I mean just for the sake of progress we Sean Connery it's pretty good but I don't know Is it a great performance it's, it's kind of the comic relief I don't know if that brings it down a little bit
2: yeah I don't know if it's a performance you watch and you're Floored by it. He's like, it's kind of amazing.
0: I mean, he's not the star, really. So, yeah. Well,
1: if it's neither is Leslie Nielsen, I guess that was, yeah, right. He's
3: huge. He's pretty much the star. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of a big deal for Leslie Nielsen. People did not see that coming. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So Sean Connery
1: is gone. And so the list making begins.
2: I don't
0: care at all. I
2: don't
0: <laughs> Yeah, I don't really care. I,
2: like I don't all like orbit seeds a lot. Yeah.
0: And I don't know, like I'm I'm just still a little bit confused, like what makes one better
3: than the other.
2: Love, in terms of the list. list.
3: Maybe it would be anticlimactic, but maybe this list would be better if we just tried to find our favorite and then work backwards. I don't know. It's harder to work to the top. It worked from the bottom, I mean.
1: I would say that we could put maybe one of the Batman people on you, come lower down.
2: Probably, but like, if, if it, it was. Oldman. It would be Gary Oldman, you yeah. know.
1: Gary Oldman, maybe at number 10. And, and since, now there's only nine slots left.
3: Mm-hmm. Since you guys, uh, Sean, you and Khan haven't seen one of our photo? No. Then just for the sake of that, we should put that at nine. I mean, it's pretty good, Ooh, but yeah. only half of us have seen it. I've seen Death of Smoochie. I imagine it's a pretty similar performance. It's not similar in <laughs> any way. That's <laughs> kind of an interesting performance. It's not a very good movie. Uh Let's see.
2: Uh, you know, I'd maybe be okay with Jimmy Stewart and Vertigo, because... Again, we were just like, "Duh, it's good."
3: Yeah, also, I'm just hesitant to say anything about. And, and also, Sean's done
1: a few Hitchcock performances that are pretty against type. Yeah,
3: that's,
1: it's not yeah. the only one. Yeah, it's just the most against type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. 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 If you
1: also want to play, I've seen it, so that hurts it. How about Humphrey Bogart in *Treasure of Sierra Madre*?
2: It's, I like could. I mean, it's a it's a really good performance, but there is the fact that Bogart had played sort of morally questionable characters before when he started out as a villain. Mm.
1: You can blame it on me for not having seen it. Yet.
2: Yeah, what the fuck? That's a really good movie. It's it's pretty great. <sighs>
3: Um, I'm wondering if we should put Henry Fondle lower because it doesn't say a lot. Henry Fondle? Henry Fondle, is that a great poor name?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Henry Fondle? I love it.
0: My name's Hank Fondle.
2: It's kind of fancy in in a way. Fondle. I only like to fondle (laughs) with it. See those a genre like fondle films,
3: <laughs> sweet easy Very fondler. So
1: when I look at the ones that are left on the list, I I see a lot of ones that are like this the most against type of the ones on our list. So, so maybe let's focus on that more, and if that's our focus, then I think. Robert Dane Jr., because he is sort of poking fun at himself in Tropic Thunder, is probably the next
3: least against type. I'm not entirely sure I understand your reasoning, but I will. I'll get behind putting that at six. Yeah, I
2: have no idea. (laughs) I'm with John. And then I'm with Sean.
1: Because Albert Brooks in Drive, you take. This guy who's known for being, you know, super lovable and turned him into a, a menace. And kind of the same with Heath Ledger, except he was, you know, Pretty Boy into a menace. Pretty and boy. and Henry Fonda is, like, you know, greatest guy in the world into most evil person in the
3: world. Okay, I get what you're saying.
1: And then there's Leslie Nielsen, who, who changed everything, <laughs> went from serious to comedy. And then Jack oh. Nicholson, who went from—so his is less— I think it's, if I understand, it's less about the character he's playing it, and more the way he plays it. He yeah, went from th- being the, the, the scenery chewer to more passive performance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe that makes
3: it number five? Well, by that reasoning, that makes sense, I think. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's such a good... I mean, it's hard because, like, I was thinking Henry Fonda earlier just because, like, that's... Like, if you compared, like, Henry Fonda in Once Upon Upon a Time in the West and Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt, About Schmidt's so much, uh, it's a much meatier role. He gets to do way more. He's literally in
2: every frame of the movie.
3: Well, Henry Fonda, there's chunks where he's not there, and even when he's there, it's more his presence. So it's kind of hard to rank. I mean, it's more of, maybe more of a shift. Henry Fonda's is more against type. But it's, as a performance, it's a little bit less, so that's why it's kind of hard, but... By going against type, I would I could go Jack Nicholson next. I just wanted to say that I think I might say that's a better performance.
1: Okay. But I, I think yeah, I think we should go forward I, just this to I mean Breaking Bad's the one that inspired us, but Brian Cranston. I mean the, the whole point of this list was like, you know, you would never have imagined Bryan Cranston as this menacing drug dealer, and yet here we are. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point.
3: So now we're just gonna um, surprise. Now I can go Henry Fonda, right? Yeah, I guess. Because I was questioning that. Oops.
1: So that's put him at four. So that leaves Albert Brooks, Heath Ledger, and Leslie Nielsen. It's probably got to be Albert Brooks at three, right? Mm, Sure. Yeah, okay. Because as much as we all love that performance... Do people even remember Drive anymore?
3: Well, it has its following, but it's not quite on the, It's not quite as momentous or impactful as these other two films. Okay,
1: so this is the ultimate choice. Do we want to go with the against-type performance that redefined a character or the against-type performance that redefined an actor?
3: I'm kind of leaning towards Leslie Nielsen at the top spot, personally. I don't get behind that. Heath Ledger, it was surprising, but it wasn't, I don't know, it's... It's not that far from what he was already... Like, he could have already done, if that makes any sense. I don't know. It's like Lizzie Nielsen was a totally different kind of actor, you know? It's, it's like getting, like, Denzel Washington to be in some dopey comedy or Mr. something. Mr. Magoo. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's like if they made Mr. Magoo with Denzel Washington.
2: <laughs> I would love to see that.
3: <laughs> and the fact that he could adopt this new character type, and then that's what he's known for, I think is really interesting.
1: I agree. Great. I'm happy to report that our top 10 Against Type performances are uh, Gary Oldman in Batman Begins, number nine, uh, Rob Williams in One Hour Photo, number eight, Jimmy Stewart in Vertigo, number seven, Humphrey Bogart in uh, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, number six, Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, number five, Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt, four, Henry Fonda in Once Upon a Time in the West. 3, Albert Brooks in Drive 2, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight and Leslie Nielsen in Airplane mm-hmm. and as you all know we have uh, the iTunes feed which you can subscribe to, the website mildlyplease.com which you can look at uh, YouTube videos there's a new YouTube video that John put together. If you want to check that out, it's uh, youtube.com slash Mildly Pleased. And uh, if you don't know the rest, then maybe it's best you tread lightly. See you next week.